Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. We're going to get right to our our, uh, our conversation with Mike Ahern and... Uh, and uh, Lofman, they are, as I said, the co-directors and co-writers of the film Extraordinary. I'm going to just ask them, gentlemen, hello, good morning to you. Hello, good morning. Morning. Morning, Mike. Morning, Enda. I, I I'm going to ask you to describe this because I'm going to sort of, I'm going to flail a little bit because it's, it's a funny film, endearing, all, all kinds of great things about it. But I'm going to ask, uh, I'll start with you, Mike, to describe sort of the basic outline of the story behind Extraordinary. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to flail with this as well, because it's, <laughs> it's a complicated plot, but it's very funny. Yeah, um, so yes. it's, uh, it's about a driving instructor, uh, a female driving instructor in Ireland who uh, is quite lonely, but she also has uh, supernatural powers in that she can speak uh, to ghosts. Um, and she she uh, hooks up with a a guy who's uh, haunted by his uh, ex wife or his dead wife, and uh, they have to they're brought into a plot by a, a rock star who lives locally in a castle, and he's um, sacrificing a virgin for a, a to sell his soul to have another hit record. So they need to stop him. There you go. They, that's great. That was that was great. That was wonderful. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll ask you, where did the story for Extraordinary come from? Was and I know it's a collaboration between you and Mike, but where where did this come come from? It was actually a clickbait article we saw years ago, and um, that you know tempted us to the click. And when we clicked through, like we had to, it was a story about two very normal people and uh, an old folks' home that, um, that, that was being haunted by ghosts. It turned out that there was ghosts groping these old folks in this old folks' home, and they called in on these local kind of um, ghostbuster hunter types to come in and solve the problem. And it wasn't so much the story about the old folks' home being haunted, it was more just the, the mention of these two people that came to solve the problem. Just They were called, they were like, one was a truck driver and one, one was a, like a, a bank teller. And it uh-huh. just seemed like these people were so normal and ordinary. And, but, you know, what they did in the evening was so extraordinary. So we kind of wanted to tell the story about very normal people who got involved in this kind of strange world. Well, that origin story is its a great premise. It, it really is something that in some ways you couldn't make up. It, it, it had to come from something like that. And uh, that's, I think, what really, for me, makes... Extraordinary, such a wonderful experience is there's just enough the, of the it grounded in reality part of the story, the story of Rose and sort of and her personality that makes this gives this film its extra sort of punch, its extra appeal. Uh, and I'm sure that was important for you to be able to establish that sort of grounding the story in the re, in the sort of day to day living that Rose and um the other people in the film are are going through is that is that a fair way to put it? That's true. I think when we were writing it, we really wanted uh, it to have an emotional heart and you to really care about the characters. And we found the best way to do that would be to you know show their normal lives, show you know treat everything, even though the premise of the film is quite 
you know, crazy at times and, you know, the humor can be broad in points and then very and intimate in points. But we really wanted it to kind of stay with the characters, really care about the characters and care about their daily lives and see how they live. So that we were, so that everybody's really invested in them when we, and then it, it allows us to go into spaces towards the end of the movie where you know things build up and demons appear and all that sort of stuff. But people are are kind of rooting for the characters and really care about what happens to them and you know where they are at that point. Like the really important part of it as well is to kind of show that kind of real rural localness that we you know grew up with in Ireland and um, to kind of be true to that in a way, like uh, the. The supernatural in Ireland is sort of quite commonplace in some ways, and um, we just wanted to make sure that there was some of that uh, heart to the story and sort of uh, to be true to the Irish characters in the story as well. One of the the sort of the the dynamics, the sort of tension in in the film, is that Rose's father is it Vince? Oh, I for, uh, what was his last Vince? Vincent Duty. Yes. He, he, <laughs> yes, and he's a great character. He's a great sort of uh, touchstone for for what happens in the film. And that, that sort of you go back and forth between Vince and Rose and sort of the family history. But one of the, th- another thing about the film that I found so appealing is this sort of blase, almost irritation with the idea that these people have this special talent. And that's what, how it's referred to in the film, people with special talents. And I, I just thought that that sort of this, uh, uh, particularly with uh, their daughter, how she was, you know, she was ticked off at the <laughs> idea that they had to continue to sort of be a part of this, that this was a part of their family history and how that sort of plays out. So, I again, this is that rooted in that, the relatable that makes the humor and the pathos in the film so appealing. Um <laughs> I'm sure that again. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of ask the same question again. Having that dynamic in place, Mike, uh, it has it really gives you a lot of opportunities to pursue different parts of the story uh, in a way that are. I, I'm sure you've heard this referred to your film referred to as off kilter. Uh, what other words? In um, you know, odd in a lot of ways. But uh, that dynamic. <laughs> I, that dynamic. Uh, as it really elevates the film, uh, Mike. I mean, just anything you want to add to that, or no? I, I I'd agree. Yeah, I tend to agree. The the I guess as we're saying that the 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 factor that you really you really like look um, under a microscope at their kind of family lives and you know the relationships between them, um, and then we start. You know, we keep we we really wanted to keep the movie small at the start and build up so that like we have time with those characters, time to get to know them, um, and then. As you move on, then you can start to introduce weirder and more off kilter things, and people will just go with that because they kind of feel like they know the characters. And I think something we tried to do with Rose, especially, was to make it feel that you know she grew up with this. It wasn't strange to her that these things happen, and in fact, it's like you know waving to a ghost to her is the same as you know taking something out of the fridge to have it for lunch. Right. You know, it wasn't unusual, and it's just it's part of her humdrum existence. Um, and just to yeah, kind of the tone we wanted to build. And I guess we echoed that then through, uh, you know, our idea of what the spirit world is like in this film. So, you know, the world we created, we, you know, we, you know, in, in normal horror movies, you know, ghosts are always, and spirits are often just demons, and they're evil, and they're really big, and, you know, violent, etc. 
and we wanted to sort of subvert that and think about actually what people would be like if you know if they were ghosts and our idea was that you know ghosts aren't these big powerful things that they're just normal humans and they can be quite boring <laughs> quite weak quite lost uh you know have emotions and just sort of can be a little bit stuck in where they are in the afterlife um so if that means that you were obsessed with recycling which was one of the ghosts in the movie in real in when you're a human that you might be still obsessed with it and that's how you haunt, that's where you haunt like is a recycling bin um yes so that's sort of what was the idea. Yeah. And then the the way that you show this sort of the every day, the, uh, as uh, Rose is driving through town, she sees a toaster re- reacting to her driving by. You see the branch on the tree. This kind of, these other things that are part of our daily lives that we don't really pay attention to. But in fact, the fact that she's kind of keyed into what, they, what the actual meaning of these things are and their, and their place in this spirit world is, again, another part of this film that really uh, draws you in and and it and it adds to this humor it's 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 yeah you've really created a very funny film uh and one that that is uh just you know entertaining all the way through so i want to talk a thank little you. no you're very welcome thank you uh you're welcome um the uh, want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the co-directors of extraordinary and that would be mike ahern and and uh, Lofman and Let's talk a little bit about the cast here, which is r- really solid all the way through the film. And is it? Do I? I'm, if I'm saying this incorrectly. Is it Maeve? Maeve Higgins as Rose? Yeah, Maeve. Yeah, that's correct. She is. Well, she's the center of the film. There's so much uh, that is dependent upon her performance being funny, endearing. She's vulnerable. She doesn't want to do the things that she's being pulled into. Uh, there are all kinds of, and her asides, the way she's able to deliver those lines that are almost, that they feel like they're throwaways, but they're extremely funny and telling. Tell me a little bit about the casting of, of the film and why you picked Maeve to be, to be Rose. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, we actually wrote that part with Maeve Higgins in mind. We had known her for quite a few years before. She's a stand-up comedian, but she had never really acted before. But we knew she'd be fantastic. And, we, and, you know, we have to give her some credit for the character because it's a little bit based on her kind of stand-up persona. So, yeah, I mean, it was always going to be Maeve. And, you know, we think she's fantastic and we're really happy with uh, her performance. And then uh, Martin Martin, uh, Barry Ward, who yeah. is the... His, the, we see him at the very beginning of the, of the film dealing with um, his now deceased wife and the way <laughs> that plays out. One of the first things we see is him in the bathroom. And uh, I just, there's, there's a scene, there's a little bit with the, with the mirror and then also the bit with the toaster. And I'll leave it there because I just think these things are, they're, they're, you're obviously fans of horror films. You, you took a lot of these tropes and you turned them into something really entertaining is that fair to say you guys uh seem like you really are into horror movies is uh mike is that accurate yeah that's that's definitely true i think we're like two people that grew up um you know watching like horror movies and we're really into comics and all that sort of stuff growing up and you know you just a lot of these old movies that we kind of like either not to or, you know, not directly parody or anything in the movie, but reference are things like Ghostbusters and The Exorcist and, you know, 
just classic tropes from those. And I guess when we were writing, we were trying to like bring that into our kind of world and subvert the idea of those or what would a rom-com be with be like if you mixed in some horror elements to it. So they, 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 those were the kind of ideas we were thinking about in our head when we were writing. Yeah. Um, but but also I think you know the the move we didn't really watch those movies as much when we were making the film. Like you know as references, we were watching um, stuff like uh, Fargo and the Coen Brothers movies that we love. And yes. Especially Raising Ar- Raising Arizona was one that we watched a couple of times because uh, we felt that tonally. They did an amazing job in that film at kind of creating almost uh, like a live-action cartoon, but one that where you still cared about all the characters and what happened to them. And, you know, you, it's it's kind of zany and off-kilter, as you mentioned, but also at the end you're almost crying when he makes his final kind of speech at the end of the movie. Yeah. So I think they're, they were the sort, sort of tonally our benchmark, but obviously there's a huge uh, genre element to the film that we, you know, can't deny, and it's just something that's part of our makeup as as, uh, uh, as stuff that we grew up with. That Raising Arizona reference, I, it really fits. And a, as I think back on the film, uh, it's a, yes, I think that that's a good reference point for people who, who might wonder exactly, you know, what, what it, the tonally the, the film is like. And uh, But it's its own film. I don't want to diminish what you've been able to accomplish here, and I... Uh, I, I got to talk about Will Fort um, and Chris. I mean, I think Christian Winter and Claudia Winter could have been their own film. There, there is enough there <laughs> with, with just with that character that he creates. That if there is another film out there, you know, for you in that in this vein, I feel like he's a great character, yes. and he, he's so he's Pre- so a prequel. Yeah, prequel. Exactly. The Christian yeah. Winter, the prequel, right? I mean, you know, I yeah. love I love the way you introduced him and how how you know how that sort of his career has took off and then took another course and I'll just leave it at that. But uh it's so <laughs> it's such a just such a wonderful and the interaction between Claudia and Christian is terrific as well. Just just everywhere everywhere you look in this film you're going to be entertained by not only what's happening, but the dialogue in this film. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure this is something that you guys worked on quite a bit. And I'm, I'm whenever I see a film like this, I'm always sort of curious as to how much on set was created in terms of dialogue, act, uh, the actors adding to things. I, I'll, um, and uh, was there a lot of back and forth or was this script, did they adhere to what you guys put on the printed page? I would say it's, more or less the script. Um, there was obviously some back and forth and some improvisation, but not a whole lot. And, and you know, not that we wouldn't have uh, allowed it. I mean, obviously, with somebody like Will Forte in there, you know, there's definitely going to be lots of gold if you just keep rolling and let him go. But we were so stuck for time. Um, it was a very, very time-pressurized shoot. So we literally just had to get what was on the page and move on and nearly all the time. I mean, we would have liked that luxury, but at the same time, you know, it, that could have maybe worked against us. Sometimes I think yeah. time pressure and less, less choice is a good thing. How so, many, how many but sh- I would say, yeah, mostly it, it, it is the script. More, uh, um, Will, Will also was very... Um, <laughs> Will, like, basically came on board because he liked the script so much and he didn't really, like, want to improvise very much because he really enjoyed Christian the way he was written on the page. But I think where Will where we'll improvise or add more is just stuff that you don't expect and 
I mean, he really brought so much to the character for us. We were just so delighted with his performance. But you know, uh, he stuff like the, in this in the film, he does a lot of like spells and incantations. And obviously, in the script, it would just say uh, Christian does an incantation. But you know, on on day one or whenever we were shooting the incantations, he started doing his own like crazy Will Forte style incantation and. You know that's that's the reason he's in there. You just when you, when you see that you're like, oh my god, we couldn't stop laughing. We we just wanted to shoot that for two days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, how many shooting days did you guys have for this? We had 25 days in total, um, which is pretty ambitious, um, yeah. especially with the large set, set pieces towards the end. So we were super yeah. prepared and super nervous, and, and um, you know under a lot of pressure to get everything because uh, we only had Will for about 10 of those days. So we had a lot. We had a lot to get through in that time. Yeah, he's terrific. Everybody's terrific. And I just, I'm kind of curious: was he presented with the script before you guys got funding, or was he somebody that came in? And how did how did he? Because films, small budget films, like I'm, I'm pretty sure yours was. Um, it's it's tough to get somebody with uh, you know that people are familiar with. So. Uh, or at least on an international level, right? I don't. Anyway, I've yeah, been, he he came. Go ahead. He came in um, quite, I guess, quite close to shooting, but you know, there was still sort of funding being put in place and different things happening. And you know, we always knew that we wanted somebody in, uh, like we wrote the character to be like a big, you know, a big character, either an English or American, you know, rock star. So you have you have a lot of choice out there and of great comedic actors and or even actual rock star. We were thinking at one stage could be cool. We just, you know, we had no idea who, we, who, where it would fall, and Will was really high up on our list, and managed to get the script to him. And he was also just—it just was a very lucky break in some ways, in that he just finished shooting Last Man on Earth, and he had like a ten-week break, and he wasn't intending to do anything, but he loved Ireland. He'd been to Ireland a bunch of times, and he saw this Irish script come in, and he read it. And we and just adored it, and then we got to have a Skype with him, and by the end of the Skype, we kind of convinced him to come. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Well, he's terrific. Everybody's yep. terrific. The film is so much fun. It's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is killing it in terms of the reaction uh, from not only the critics, but I'm certain the reaction from audiences that you've screened this for are just really having a great time with it. And you can check this out at Cranked upfilms.com and that'll take you to extra extraordinary see that's the other thing extraordinary or extraordinary i feel like that title is is another sort of uh, uh a play a, sort of a, a little bit of a play on words or a play on the characters how do you say it so that i make sure i'm saying it is it extra extraordinary or extraordinary what would you well, we say extra we say extraordinary because it's two separate words right um, right and the kind of joke, the kind of joke for us, I guess, is you know the play on the idea that it's like super, yeah. super, super ordinary. Their lives are in that almost boring, but uh, but also extraordinary is you know the paranormal and etc. Yeah, we were we were we were toying with the idea of calling it um, normal behavior instead of par- or normal activity instead of paranormal activity. Right. But um, right. we thought we thought normal activity was a bit uh, too stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it it doesn't really play to the strength of the film. I think what what that's why <laughs> I, I liked 
I liked the the idea when I was looking at the title. I kept thinking, okay, I believe they're trying to tell me something <laughs> with this title that's beyond. Yeah. That's just what you said, and I and that, thank you for clarifying that. It's yeah, once again, great stuff. Again, the film uh, is cranked up. The best place to go for information about the film is that would you would recommend or is there another? Yeah, I mean, there's there's an extraordinary Twitter. Um, right. I think it's extraordinary film on Twitter or a crank up film. Um, has all the details of where you can get tickets all across the country. Very good. Um, we we have a Twitter at, at Team Daddy as well, um, which you know we we try and keep updated. So if you Google it, you're going to find out stuff about it. <laughs> all the best to you on this uh, adventure and moving forward, and come back anytime. I I have a feeling uh, what's next is going to be a lot of fun as well. So to both of you, yeah. Mike Ahern and. And uh, Lofman, the co-directors and co-writers, the film Extraordinary, thank you so very much for finding time to spend with us here on Film School Radio. No problem, and thank you for having us. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.